when people get stuck in, congratulate me for being aware. I'm not actually going to do anything, but I'm super aware. They don't have an understanding of their own power in the situation, and they are not willing to use their power to disrupt systems of power. Because them being a aware island in a sea of complexity sounds like it's enough. I'm all for ways in which knowledge and data can sometimes challenge systems, but they don't unless you actively use them. It's not enough to be aware if you're not willing to use your power to challenge those systems of power. Welcome to a special SheEO.World podcast series, Money and Power, with Joy Anderson, founder of the Criterion Institute, and Vicki Saunders, founder of SheEO. Systems and patterns of power and money are sometimes hard to see. Joy and Vicki identify the systems that make up this world and the money and power dynamics within them so that we can better understand how to transform our world. Welcome to another conversation talking about power, gender, all the things. <laughs> Welcome, Joy. What are we talking about today? I've got this question for you, and I'm really curious what you think about this, because I'm not sure we think about this the same way. Hence, it should be a good conversation. One of the arguments that people consistently make to me is that in talking about gender, in talking about these complex issues around systems change, people say to me, well, we need to give them a concrete, simple starting place because not everybody can get the complexity of it. So let's give them something to simple to start with, and then we get them in the gate, we get them in the corral, and then they'll go on a journey. For example, it's okay if people see gender fundamentally as privileged women sitting on corporate boards, because that's a starting place to get them other places. Sorry, that was a little snarky. Yeah, it's a bit snarky. And I can totally relate to that. Happy to talk about that. <laughs> All right, that was a little snark. But I think it's really important to have women on boards. I just, and I feel like I say that all the time. It's really important to have. With that giant butt halfway through the sentence though. <laughs> a massive ass butt because, I'm sorry, that's kind of funny. But anyway, my butt is that in my experience, when we frame things as complex as structural inequities, simply as, well, let's just get women included in the current system. We mask the complexity that it isn't just about women, it's about race and all kinds of other issues. And so in the field of gender lens investing, our desire for a simple framework, our desire to say, well, I know it's not just about counting women, but we just need to count women. And then you say, well, can we actually count women and race and geography? Well, that's too complicated. Let's just start with gender. Then we don't ever get past gender or whether or not they're women. It's not even fully gender. We don't get past that simplistic counting because everything else stays more complicated. I'm obviously on the side of complexity. I'm always on the side of complexity. And I exhaust myself being on the side of complexity sometimes. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. And I have worked to say as often as possible, there are many different on-ramps. And some people 
do need that simplistic starting place. And that's the only way they'll pay attention to anything that makes them uncomfortable or anything that might seem too complex for them. But I've tried to defend a space to say some people, starting place is actually to see things more holistically and with more dynamics to it. Because if you oversimplify it, their reaction is screw you. I don't see myself in that because you've oversimplified the issue. 100%. I think we're at a moment right now where I am, for one, in a bit of a debate to say, Gender-led investing has horribly oversimplified things many, many times. It's a huge problem. It's been a huge problem for everything that women's movements do is they make it about one thing, one image, one type of women. And then that becomes whoever is the privileged dominant class. That becomes the icon of what women is. And then everybody else becomes invisible. This has been an ongoing thing because intersectionality is somehow too difficult. I've literally been told that intersectionality is too complicated a word if we just had an easier word to talk about it. But I understand that like, if we're in this camp over here trying to get people to move capital and we're talking to an investment manager who barely knows how to spell gender, saying that gender is more complicated than they think might alienate them completely. But if we tell them the gender can be simple, we've brought them in at a starting place that might actually be harder to move them off because we've started with the simple. So I debate this in my head all the time. So it's the, this is the place I'm... Hi, Vicki. Hi. Yeah. Well, I mean, in what world would you think that we disagreed on this? <laughs> I'm like, I completely get this in every way. The projecting three things that people immediately get. Yeah, interesting. Well, so it's both and, like in a way, just to to share this because I systemic change is really hard, as you know. Everything is interconnected. We don't really get this. I've been trying to again around a different word. Intersectionality is one of the pieces you're talking about. When I the interconnectedness of everything and our inability to live in a conversation like that, like it's so hard. It's like break it down and focus on one thing because it's we still have our mechanistic thinking as part of the frame. And so that's problematic. The word I really, really love, it doesn't speak to race, it speaks to the interconnectedness, is entangled, entanglement. That to me starts to really create a feeling of like how fucking hard this is. It's hard. Part of the thing is with the model with CEO, it was, where's an injustice people can see right away? Clear as a bell. 4%, 0.2% of capital going to women of color, going to women that's insane. Let's do something about that. But it's baked in a completely different holistic solution that gets at the root causes. So the, the sort of entry point in is like fairly understandable, but the complexity of how we're doing that, you're surrendering your capital, power dynamics gone. Like all those other pieces are part of the experience. And so it is deeply complex. And if we ever really tried to explain everything about Shio, it takes 45 minutes. And then people are, they find one thing they don't like about our design and they're like, see you later. I don't like this model. You can have complexity built into your design of your experience, but you can still have a simple entry point. But what you're saying is you need the simple starting place to lead them to the complex place. Yes. As long as the simple starting place isn't just putting, as my friend says, whipped cream on top of garbage. So 
for example, walking in, like this is actually a real example from some of our conversations before, which is, could you give me a list of five things that this VC firm in Southeast Asia can do to be a better participant in gender-led investing? I'm like, no, because their whole model is completely based on gap widening and it's not here to actually create a more inclusive world. So I can't. I can't give you three steps because the goo that they're based on is problematic. It's got structural inequity built in from the beginning. So you can't just put women on top of it, like you said. And that's the hard part, right? And all this is maybe a case for, again, the case for complexity in some of our work with firms in Southeast Asia and other parts of the world in working with impact investing firms and others. When we were working at OPIC before it was DFC and we were working on building their gender strategy, there was this amazing SVP, totally delightfully cranky woman who said, gender can't be another ornament on the Christmas tree. Partly because she didn't want the Christmas tree to top over. That was her reason. But when it becomes another ornament on the Christmas tree, it's just a ornament. It's this shiny ball, this little bubble that lights up or doesn't, but it just sits there and it doesn't do anything. And so then it becomes a burden on the tree to stick with this metaphor. It's a decoration that's supposed to make them look like they symbolize gender or equality or something, but it doesn't actually get to changing the whole system. My experience with a lot of people in finance some of them are actually really smart and are trying to do something. And if you tell them that the system that they're participating in is not designed to have the outcomes that they want, many impact investors will say, or sustainable investors will say, oh, shit, I actually wanted to change the system I was part of. Take me on that journey to say, how do I need to change the system I'm participating in so it has different outcomes, as opposed to what is the shiny bauble that I can put on my system to decorate it as if it looks at those issues? Yeah. And let's just go with the Christmas tree for a minute or the whatever tree that we're talking about. You've cut this tree. It's out of the ground. It's not rooted anymore. It's not living. It's like a separated up thing with like some bauble on top of it. That's not a living, breathing thing that's going to survive. Anyway, that's an unfair like play on your like thing. <laughs> go farther and say it's also a symbol of one of the most privileged religions on the planet. Yes. And so it's a privileged tree that got named as tied to the privileged religion and it's separated. But I actually am Christian, but I'm really aware of the privileged nature of being that. This brings up Nora Bateson, warm data in my mind as we're talking about this because she- Everything brings up warm data for you, but yes. I'm sure lots of people have said this, but this concept of like decontextualizing pieces and then trying to put them back in is part of our challenge, right? We're like, oh, let's just take out this little slice, talk about it. But if, if it's not in relationship with all the other pieces, it's really problematic. Right at the moment, it's so beautiful and very painful witnessing like the curtain being pulled back on all the inequities that have existed forever and everybody can see it in real time, right? There's like one of the great tweets from Will Smith the other day was like, it's not like racism has increased, it's now just being filmed. It's in front of you every day. You can, you can now see our lived experience and it's insane. Defunding police all of a sudden is a thing. How amazing is that? This incremental working at slowly inside the existing system to change things. Full stop, here we go, we're gonna rethink things. 
I mean, I've been saying for a long time, everything's broken. What a great time to be alive. To me, this is, we are here with all kinds of opportunities in front of us to rethink from the ground up. You can't just add the word impact in front of investing and it's all going to be fine. Anytime we put a word in front of a word, we know we're in trouble because we're so out of balance. What investing has come to mean is so out of balance from the original intention that now we have to put a word in front, but like that word's not going to help it because it's still built on the same foundation, which is problematic. So yeah, case for complexity, absolutely. And is there a way to, within the complexity that we're operating, is there a pathway that we can step into that unravels like the layers of the onion for people? Like a beautifully designed experience will help you come in at all different stages and start to get things at your own pace. Some people like, holy crap, transformation. Others, two and a half years later go, oh, that's what that meant. People are at so many different stages of awareness that I think that's a thing. And like systemic change, we're just not trained to think in holes. We're trained to think in parts. Really well said. Something struck me in that to pull out this word awareness, because I'm, I'm struck on this idea and you are absolutely right. I think I'm just envious of CEO. Not that I thought you disagreed with me, but I think CEO is one of these amazing Gateway drug is probably not the right word, but it's an amazing, what's the thing in language in the wardrobe, right? Where they go through the wardrobe and it takes you into the scene, the whole world, right? So you're like an amazing wardrobe that if you step into it, you go on this journey, but the journey is rich and full and complex. It's not a, I went into a wardrobe and, and found a Christmas ornament. The piece in this is one of the words you just said was aware on the gender spectrum, right? You've got gender aware you've got sort of this gender spectrum, right, that goes from aware to maybe responsive to transformative. That is a spectrum. And it doesn't always start as a journey, right? If you started as aware, you're probably maybe more likely to get to transformative. But I was just reviewing a a plan last night for a very complex organization. And a lot of the things they were naming as aware weren't taking them on that journey. They were just going to be, we sorted it because we're tracking sex disaggregated data for X, Y, or Z. And so, et voila, we've got it sorted. We were doing this really interesting analysis of the plan last night with super smart people of like, what of these things that are aware would actually take them to transformative and which of them just stick them there. And a lot of it, remarkably enough, was their own understanding of their power. Because when people get stuck in, congratulate me for being aware, I'm not actually going to do anything, but I'm super aware. They don't have an understanding of their own power in the situation, and they are not willing to use their power to disrupt systems of power. Because them being a aware island in a sea of complexity sounds like it's enough. I'm all for ways in which knowledge and data can sometimes challenge systems, but they don't unless you actively use them. It's not an enough to be aware if you're not willing to use your power to challenge those systems of power. Totally. Yeah. And I think, I mean, awareness isn't a thing. It's like layers as well. Is like when you start to see these systems, you like can't take off those glasses anymore. There's a whole new lens, right? But there's so many more layers of it. Like I, every day I'm learning more about the privilege that I have and using it 
to influence whatever I can. And I see so many people have so much more power than me that I'm in relationship that I'm like, please, like we can come together and really transform things faster. And many of them have been trained to not use that influence because that's how they got at the table and they're unlikely to change it. Right. And so there's so much conditioning, especially with women that stops us from using our influence when we get it. It's quite rare that as a friend once said to me, those who share power never get it back. I remember this one woman saying this to me. I was in my early 20s and I was talking to someone in government who was in the prime minister's office. She's like, oh, people who share power, like never get that power again. Like, cool. It's not at all my experience. The more you share power, the more it grows. Yeah. And it could have been, she was speaking from the structure that she was within. Exactly. Inside the the government structure that she was in. Um, But it really struck me And then of course, like some other pieces of the puzzle along the way, people are like, it's very unlikely that the person that rises to the top of the system is there to deconstruct the system or is willing to deconstruct the system because that's how they got their power, right? So there's like all these dynamics in play that led me to go and design something completely outside the existing structure. Like I do not believe that you can incrementally change things. I really don't. That's just my own experience of trying a lot with 20 different initiatives over the last 35 years. And so I was like, I'm going to just go create a new thing because I think this thing. And then I saw the Buckminster Fuller quote and I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly, that's the breadcrumbs I need to follow. And it's not the only way. It's just the way that I'm on. Right. The, the thing that's just ringing bells for me with, with what you're saying is you sort of invite people into this complexity to see, to see a systems hold, to see how complex they are. And people go, oh shit, this is complex. I'm overwhelmed. What am I supposed to do? Give me a simple next step of what I can do. I actually believe that's a useful thing, right? You're in a moment of overwhelm. You've, dis- you've discovered that the world is more complex than you thought. I'll give you the next simple step that you can do. Apparently, right now in the world, the next simple step, delightfully for many U.S. citizens, is to go out and protest. The challenge is the good simple next steps, the effective simple next steps, take you farther into the complexity and scare the living shit out of you. So people come back to me with like, I want to return this simple next step to you. I want to go to the return counter and give it back to you because it wasn't simple and it didn't actually satisfy or change the world. So give me the one simple next step. This is the urging that I hear from people of like, sell me on a simple step that if I do that, what they're really asking for sometimes is if I do this simple step, Will my need to do something go away because I will have contributed to a solution? My worry about the protests in the United States is for many people, the diehard activists who are organizing some incredibly eloquent protests, they're in it for the long haul to say one of the things we have to do is be visible. For many of the people, though, going to the protest is a, I did my thing but they're not doing the 20 other things that are needed. And it may or may not be a pathway into seeing what all needs to get done. And then they're disappointed that the system didn't change because they did a protest. The warning labels on the entry point into seeing the complexity of the entanglement and that when we are more comfortable to make gender not really about power, but just about whether or not women have a position someplace, 
we make gender about a simple version of inclusion of we just need women to be there, we erase all of the complex power dynamics, and then we calcify the system any, even more because we've just ensured that one more person has access to a system that is fundamentally broken. Okay, so you said like so many trigger words for me in that one of the things like sell me on the simple next step. That's not a thing. First of all, I'm not selling you anything. You have to change yourself to change the system, transform yourself to transform the world, number one. So like there is no simple next step and everyone has a different path. We just did a big activator survey. I am very well trained in finding the one thing that's like out of place. (laughs) You know, like I don't notice the 99 amazing things half the time. I notice like the one thing that effed up or whatever. And there was this one word. We asked people to have three words to define what the experience was like as an activator. And one word out of like, a thousand plus words was inconvenient. Holy shit. And I'm like, oh, it's inconvenient for you to contribute your capital to women that are changing the world. That's too bad. Oh my God, really? And so we have organ rejection with people like this in our community. If it's inconvenient with you, thank you very much for your time. I'm not going to go talk to that person and have a conversation. There is nothing comfortable, nothing comfortable about transforming systems or transforming yourself, nothing. I'm not trying to create comfort. I'm not trying to create path one, path two, path three. And it is chaotic and frustrating for tons of people who come into the CEO experiences because like, what's the activator journey? What's the next step? I'm like, I don't know, what's the next step? What's the next step for you? We have people from 11 to 95. We're not gonna say this is the persona of a CEO activator, not a thing. And I've had so many people try and tell us how to do that based on how you create a user persona, I'm like, screw the user persona. We have people, humans in this community who are super complex at all ages and all stages on a journey. There is zero chance that we're going to say, here are the first four things you need to do. We know out of a scope of things, if you have time going to this, doing this, participating in this is likely to have you stay involved. But if you don't participate and you don't step into your discomfort, all bets are off. That's a hard thing because it's like the opposite of how anyone builds anything. We talk to agencies and their heads are like, what are you talking about? Like, this is, I'm like, yeah, it's like, we're reorganizing society. We're getting in relationship with each other. Humans are messy. The things that bother us about stuff are really about us, not necessarily about the thing we're experiencing, right? Everything's a mirror. This concept of like people coming to you saying, could you make it easier for me to understand how to do this? I'm like, nope, that's not a thing. That's not why we're here. This stuff is hard. And if you start from that, you're like, oh, as opposed to make it simple. What if you said, actually coming on a journey with Criterion is like work and it's deliciously rewarding and it will blow your mind and it will get you to really understand how incredible being a human on this planet is. But like, if you're here for the one, two, three, not happening. I love you so much. I'll just go with that. Yeah, user journey for gender lens investing. (laughs) So our values at Criterion, right, are grace, hospitality, and invitation. So if the if you start with the invitation and and if relationships begin with the invitation and they don't begin with an event, they don't begin with a experience, they begin with the invitation to be in relationship. But once you're in relationship, hospitality is about welcoming a stranger, knowing the stranger will change you, not creating a crafted experience so that you can control them. 
So recognizing that hospitality has to be about the change that you experience as a result of welcoming others. And then in the end, grace for us is about welcome, is about seeing the world the way it is right now and acknowledging that. It's not that we don't critique the world. It's not that we don't see the brokenness, but it's some like saying, yeah, it's really broken. It really is. And let's see that whole and then go on this journey together. It's really hard to like walk people in the door of the whole. From my experience anyway, way more powerful if you can somehow create a discovery-based journey that people have their own ahas at their own pace. That's the hard part. Would feel like a rat on a wheel being moved through someone else's created journey for me. If it was like, the first thing you're going to do is have an awakening that you actually, as a voter, know how to pick women entrepreneurs. And then the next thing you're going to see is by letting go of control, you're going to build trust. Like these things may in fact happen. However, people will get it at different times. Anything else is that external construct that isn't engaging or real. I mean, it's like the guide by the side versus the sage on the stage. This is the difference. Like the, I am going to impart on you how to do gender lens investing as Joy Anderson, goddess of Criterion, versus the beautiful process that you take people on when you bring them together in a room or on a project for them to discover what their role is in shifting these systems. They're, it, they're just like completely different things. The part of the challenge to go back to our last podcast is from a funding regime perspective and rules. I was just going to go there. It's like, they want you to do the other one. Tell me that you're the expert of this and you're going to change everybody. Right. Or sell the number of people who are like, you're really good at this. So you should sell that experience and everybody should pay for it. We finally decided nobody freaking is going to pay for our training because it's uncomfortable, difficult, and shows them things that they don't want to see. How do we actually get to that place where what is the, this is the endless, I was just going there of like, the reason we're not a consulting firm and instead this sort of whacked out think tank is because if we had to sell these services to the system of power, the system of power would say, put gender in a box for us, make it simple and don't do complicated things, just make this easy for us. Instead, we make things harder for people. Like we make things more complicated. We show them things that they don't want to see. And very rarely will people pay you to do that. And so the question is, how do you put this together and move it forward? And remarkably, you and I have. Well, and so I also would say, now is the time exactly to sell that hard thing. It wasn't before. Now you can. Now I think people are really much more open to the fact that, whoa, this is so deep. This river runs very deep. And we're going to have to really dismantle the patriarchy, dismantle white supremacy in order to get to the world we need. And so, holy cow, I need to go. Like, it is uncomfortable. And we do need models and pathways and demonstrations of what that could look like, because now people are very concerned about the how. So as soon as you get the sort of the framework of like, wow, I might understand all of the things you just named. The question is, give me some pathways to do that. And it takes practice to have done that. And so 
this call we had yesterday is sort of some of the leaders in the field of genderless investing are like, we need to step up and make sure that we're showing more models of ways to do this that are rich and full and dynamic and not ticking the boxes, but rather taking people on a more complex journey. Oh, amazing. So good. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money and Power series on the Shio.World podcast with Vicki Saunders and Joy Anderson. If this conversation resonated with you, please share it with a friend and subscribe on your favorite listening platform. To learn more, go to Shio.World and CriterionInstitute.org.